Phil, you follow state government. You read the Wisconsin State Journal. You're obviously well-informed. I have a quiz for you. Okay, good. Well, just so you know, Scott, I have to be well-informed. It's part of my job. I'm not sure I would be if I wasn't a cartoonist. (laughs) I'm not sure if this is a trick question or not, Phil. Here goes. Who is the governor of Wisconsin? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, As a letter writer said today, Tony Earl. No, Tony Evers. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're right. It's Tony Evers. He just gave his third State of the State speech. It has to be the strangest speech I've ever seen, and I've been to multiple State of States in person, and I've watched plenty on TV. It was virtual. And then afterward, the Speaker of the Assembly, Robin Voss, stood up kind of in the way that a governor does and gave his own speech. He spoke in the assembly chamber where the governor usually speaks, not from the podium where the governor usually speaks, but from his chair in the back of the podium. But it looked like Robin Voss playing governor for the state of the state for his rebuttal. It was very gubernatorial. I wonder if that's a preview of things to come in 2022. Well, we're going to talk about the state of the state, the issues highlighted, and whether Robin Voss is running for governor next year. On today's Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the State Journal Editorial Board. I'd say fairly that we're the more gubernatorial half. (laughs) All right, so the reason this was unusual is the reason why so much is unusual these days. It's COVID-19, and they couldn't pack both the Senate and the Assembly into the Assembly Chamber's along with an audience the way they usually do. you got to stay six feet apart. And so the governor chose to deliver a virtual address. None of the Democrats showed up to watch it on TV in the assembly chambers, but some of the Republicans did. And Robin Voss even sat behind where the governor usually delivers the speech and then eventually delivered his rebuttal from there. He got applause from a limited crowd of Republican lawmakers. I think all of them wearing masks. They were wearing masks. In the audience. Usually the governor gets applauses or some booze. The first applause line, I think Speaker Voss was a little confused. He started applauding himself, which is just (laughs) kind of silly looking. (laughs) I think that's a Trump thing where he would kind of applaud himself. Well... We all know that Trump does the classiest things. In any case, Tony Evers is right. His speech was mercifully short. A lot of times these things drag on forever. Evers doesn't drag on. All of his state of the states have been like 20 to 30 minutes tops. Yeah. I don't think he likes speaking in public at all. No. (laughs) The less the better. I will say this speech was less boring than other state of the state speeches he's given because it was interspersed with pre-recorded video. So he would talk for about five minutes and then they'd play a clip that was done by his staff sort of showing how great he's been. And that part, breaking up his boring speech with those clips made the speech less boring. If someone had said then, after visiting all 72 counties my first year in office, last year we'd only be visiting each other virtually and learning to use a thing called Zoom. If someone had said then that In a year's time, we'd lost more than 5,000 of our family members, friends, and neighbors due to the worst public health crisis in a century. We wouldn't have believed them. I said then 
that the year would challenge the depth of our empathy and the strength of our selflessness. And it did, but in more and different ways than we could have ever imagined. Just take a look. First tonight, I'm calling a special session of the legislature next week to take up legislation to invest in our farmers, agriculture industries, and our rural communities. Tony Evers wants to put $250 million into our state's education. As Amy Reid shows us, legislative leaders have other plans for that money. It is a tragedy for Milwaukee, yes, but it is a tragedy for the entire state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin has its first confirmed case of the coronavirus. Today, I have declared a public health emergency to address the outbreak. Tony Evers says all K-12 schools statewide will close beginning next Wednesday. And the Wisconsin State Fair is also canceled this year, which is... It wasn't just videos. They were actually editing what he said. I think they tightened up his speech a little bit. And then they added some sort of info commercials, which, I don't know, I guess they're okay. That's not the first time a governor has done something like that. The sign language lady down in the corner was way more animated and entertaining than the governor was. He just kind of speaks in a very plain kind of monotone. Wisconsin has a long history of boring governors, and and Tony Evers might be the most boring of them all. (laughs) And I say that in a good way. When we live in the world of Trump, having a boring politician who's not saying outlandishly ridiculous, undemocratic things, I, I say that's a good thing. And I, I would say Robin Voss could take a page out of Tony Evers' book and maybe drop some of the Trumpiness. Yeah, good old boring Tony Evers. If on a scale of one to ten for flashiness or charisma, I'd probably give him a one or two. But along with that dryness and plain spokenness, I'd give him like an eight or nine for honesty. Initially, he wound up the speech with sort of, hey, we did this, we did that. But eventually, he spent a lot of the speech not talking about how great the state of Wisconsin is, but how much we need to fix. We know we have a long way to go to get our economy back on track. And unfortunately, many of the challenges of 2020 will no doubt carry into this new year. But as we reflect on these challenges, the magnitude of what this past year presented us and the work we did together to prepare, adapt, and respond, let us also remember to grant ourselves grace, to permit ourselves perspective, to recognize our own resilience. He did a decent job of pushing his agenda to increase broadband in rural areas. He's talking about spending $200 million in the next budget on that, which is four or five times what we spent the last time. According to the FCC, more than 430,000 people who make up 25% of our state's rural population lack access to high-speed internet. Our state ranks 36th in the country for accessibility in rural areas. So tonight, I'm excited to declare 2021 the year of broadband access. He called for a special session on unemployment, on getting the system faster and better for unemployed people. That, of course, has been a colossal mess for him. He would say that the system was antiquated because Republican and Democratic legislatures before him left it to rot, and he was stuck with it during this unprecedented pandemic, and it couldn't work. Republicans have said it was poor mismanagement. My hunch is it's a lot of both. There is this really out-of-date system 
and they did a lousy job of managing the out-of-date system. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence that the computer system and how they did things was outdated, and they got more unemployment claims in a few months than they had gotten in the last four years combined. So there was going to be a backlog, but he did get rid of, or at least accept the resignation of his cabinet secretary in charge of it. So obviously there was some management issues, unless he's just creating a fall guy. My point is, though, he really hit that issue and said, let's fix it. And the third thing I thought he hit pretty good, which Voss completely ignored, was the gerrymandering issue. The voting districts need to be redrawn for Assembly and Senate and congressional districts before the next election. And that's shaping up to be quite the judicial battle. And Evers does want a neutral system, unlike the Republicans. Folks, it's time we look to the people, not politicians, to draw maps that are fair and impartial. It's not surprising that Voss ignored it because he holds a very minority position viewpoint on redistricting. 70% of the people of Wisconsin, including a lot of Republicans, think the way we draw maps is undemocratic and horrible. And Voss thinks it's great because it maintains his stranglehold on power in the assembly. Evers also stressed the need to focus on COVID-19, but when Voss spoke, of course, he brought up an issue that we're writing about in Sunday's editorial, how slow the vaccines have been rolling out in Wisconsin to the people who need them. What's even more concerning than the unemployment situation is the governor's COVID vaccine distribution plan, or frankly, lack thereof. A recent report showed Wisconsin ranked 10th of the 12 Midwest states for vaccine distribution. Wisconsin doesn't have a comprehensive rollout plan, few know where and when they can get a vaccine, and all of us deserve answers. With lives literally on the line, this is absolutely unacceptable. There seems to be no sense of urgency with the Evers administration. They've had months to develop a plan, and a subcommittee is still deciding who should get the vaccine next. Wisconsin is an embarrassment compared to other states. The Evers administration is going to get some well-deserved flack for this because it does seem like it's sort of liberals overthinking a pretty simple problem, which is, you know, get the vaccine into people's arms and worry a lot less about making sure the absolute most perfect person gets the vaccine in the absolute most right order, which is sort of what the egghead liberals in Madison are doing right now. And there's just too much vaccine sitting in people's freezers across the state. During Voss's gubernatorial-ish speech, that's not a word you use every day. It's just a hard word to say. He's really good at sensing where the underbelly of weakness is in the governor. And he castigated the hotline for unemployment insurance. Less than 1% of the calls were answered. That was in a state audit. So he brought that up. That is a big screw up. He brought up that prisoners under the Evers administration may get shots before your 65-year-old grandmother. I have a feeling that Robin Voss's grandma is a lot older than 65. Uh, you know, that's a good talking point. I'd just assume we get the vaccines out the door and not really worry who they're going to have some priority, but not rigid priority, which seems the way it's going now. Voss would rather fight over and make score political points on the vaccine rollout as opposed to just make sure it gets out there. He sort of implied that new Senate Majority Leader Lemahue was wrong to compromise with the governor on a COVID-19 bill. He seemed to criticize that, and that's one of the few 
areas we've seen some compromise. As Voss said in the speech, we're not going to compromise our values. There's a difference between compromising on principles and compromising your values. And Evers isn't asking anybody to compromise their values with a COVID relief bill. It'll be interesting to see if Voss remains as the dominant Republican voice in Wisconsin as long as Tony Evers is governor, or if Lemahue kind of finds his footing and sort of like Fitz did. I mean, Fitz was a little more understated than Voss. Is Lemahue just going to kind of let Voss be the face out there, or is he going to eventually here jump in head first? We'll see. I'm also curious to see if Robin Voss really does want to run for governor here at some point. He was trying to look like a governor. It sure looked like it on Tuesday night. Remember, he could have run for Congress in the open first congressional district back when Paul Ryan left. And he chose not to. Now, maybe he didn't think he could beat Brian Stile, the Paul Ryan clone who easily won. Paul Ryan light. He passed on running for Congress, and those opportunities don't come up very often. Voss has had a much better shot of winning that congressional seat than he does becoming governor of Wisconsin. He's going to have to run statewide, and he's been running the assembly, which is not the most popular body in Wisconsin. State legislatures are never popular with a majority of the people. They don't they aren't held in high regard. He's been running it for the last, was it 10 years? I mean, he's the longest serving speaker of the assembly in state history. He might find he's a lot less popular statewide than he thinks he is. And maybe he's not running. Maybe he's just happy to be the leading Republican voice in Wisconsin. He got another ding in on the governor urging Democrats to follow the science when it comes to opening schools. We have editorialized on that this past week again. Scientists around the globe, including Dr. Fauci, say the best place for students is in the classroom. Let's bring students back to school. We will not turn our back on those whose children are falling behind because in-person education is determined at the whims of the teachers' union and liberal school boards. We won't turn our backs on Wisconsin businesses who are at the mercy of public health officials who make blanket decisions to close their livelihood. Voss talks about livelihoods being destroyed by these COVID restrictions. And I think he's right. And it's good that somebody's looking out for the little guy shop owner. At the same time, there are lives that have ended more than 5,000 in Wisconsin from COVID-19. And it's good that we have some Democrats constantly pointing that out. Uh, You obviously need some balance here. The Voss position would be a lot easier to defend if there weren't so many voices on the right completely discounting the severity of the of the pandemic in the first place. It's really hard to get the liberals to believe that you are honestly worried about small business owners when you have the president saying it's all going to disappear by April. And you have leaders throughout the state of Wisconsin who refuse to wear masks in public. I think actually a lot of these Republicans are legitimately concerned about small businesses, tavern owners, uh, school districts, and the, and the harm that the pandemic is causing to kids. But when there are some voices in your in your caucus that are basically downplaying the severity of the virus on a consistent basis, it's hard to get the Madison bubble to take you seriously. The thing that was missing from all this in such a dramatic way was absolutely zero mention of the word Donald Trump. And this comes after our U.S. Capitol was attacked. Uh, it's coming as a second impeachment was going down. It comes as... Officials are worried about attacks at our capital. We're worried about violent protests at our capital this weekend up to the inauguration day. 
and both our governor and our governor wannabe, maybe Robin Voss, neither one of them mentioned it. It's like they were in a vacuum to what was happening in the rest of the world. In Ever's defense, he probably pre-recorded that speech like last week sometime. Robin Voss, whose speech appeared to be live, not recorded, wasn't it interesting at the very end, too, that he soliloquied about what conservatism means, and he quoted extensively Ronald Reagan. I mean, it's very clear that the Assembly Republican Caucus would love to go back to dreaming of Ronald Reagan and have him as their poster boy, not Donald Trump. As President Ronald Reagan once said, as government expands, liberty contracts. He also said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Those are incredibly important words that Republicans will never forget. You may remember, Phil, that the guys running the state assembly, they were never for Trump when he was running. They wanted, from Florida, Marco Rubio. Or Ted Cruz. I remember our state lawmakers were sort of in the anyone-but-Trump bandwagon, with the exception of, like, I think Fitz was up, was early on the Trump train, but maybe I'm mistaken about that. I remember meeting, being in meetings with Robin Voss during that primary and when you, you know, he did not want to answer questions about Trump. And when you mentioned Trump's antics, he rolled his eyes and wanted to talk about anything else. He is really hoping that they can wash their hands about uh, of him. And I mean, a lot of those people like Voss just sort of ignored all the outrageous things that Trump did over the last four years. I would say one shining exception is Jim Steinecke, the Assembly Majority Leader, who did stick his head out. Yeah, he was at the top of Trump's enemy list for a while, I think. But overall, I mean, when you think about a state of the state, I will give Evers credit that the message he wanted out to the people, which is, hey, rural Wisconsin, I'm really going to work on broadband and I'm committed to it. And I dare you Republicans in the assembly to cut the 200 million. And we got to work on COVID. We've got to fix our unemployment benefits and end gerrymandering. I mean, I think his main themes, if you read the articles in our paper and the other papers and you watch the TV news, those came through. I think for the Republicans, they made some decent jabs on that. I thought Voss's speech was fine. And, it, and I think as a rebuttal speech, it was a much more dramatic rebuttal speech than I've ever seen. Usually it's a five-minute kind of microphone in a hallway kind of thing. And it's usually a snooze. But the question is, did people keep watching or not? I don't know. I think Voss brings up some valid points. He's right to criticize Evers' rollout of the vaccine. He's right to criticize, you know, the school districts that are refusing to, to open up schools. I think he scored some points there. Trying to blame each other over the workforce development stuff. Just fix the problem. Fixing broadband should be a bipartisan thing that we do. This pandemic has proven that the technology exists for us to all live remotely wherever we want to in Wisconsin. And can you imagine the boon to rural communities if people who are executives in Chicago or D.C. could just move out to Richland Center if they wanted to, and if they had decent broadband, they could work from there. That'd be great for Wisconsin. We should all get behind this. Not only that, but they could launch a satellite office, and young people who like to be in the outdoors and maybe are souring on some of the big cities where their headquarters are, you could lure a whole bunch of younger families out to a small town that's scenic in Wisconsin. But you can't do that unless you have good Wi-Fi. It was kind of funny at the end that after Voss's speech, they passed this resolution honoring Robin Voss as the longest-serving speaker in the House, and I thought it was kind of funny that they bring up that resolution, which passed unanimously at the one time none of the Democrats were in the House. The one thing I was going to mention I thought was interesting 
is, was a line that Tony Evers gave at the end of his speech, which was, Wisconsin has never been known as a timid people. Like, where are you from, Tony Evers? We are absolutely known as a timid people. We're basically Canada when it comes to being straightforward and forthright with people. Uh, Phil, we are not timid on the frozen tundra. Go Pack. Our theme music is by Tube Tester.